Hey, Beer Nerds, welcome to the podcast. Why waste time with an intro when we can get straight to the interview? Uh, spoke with Matt Greenberg from Nicaragua Craft Beer Company, uh, which was the first craft brewery in the country of Nicaragua, founded in 2013. Uh, and you know what? They have this awesome new beer that they're starting to distribute throughout the United States right now. And in certain states, uh, Matt gives you specifics on where, um, but that's the Penga Drops, and I think it's pretty tasty. So let's get to that interview. Happy to be joined now by Matt Greenberg of Nicaragua Craft Beer Company uh, in San Juan del Sur, Nicaragua, which I guess that opened back in 2013 or so. Um, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Michael. Glad to be a part of it. You opened up the first craft brewery in the country of Nicaragua. Is that is that correct? That That is correct. Um, yeah, we opened the brewery in the country's most popular tourist beach town called San Juan del Sur. Uh, about two blocks from the beach uh, is where our where our uh, flagship brewery is. How did this all come about? Yeah, um, so it's um it, it's it's a pretty interesting story, I guess. Probably different than a lot of um, why most craft breweries started. Uh, ours started with a surf trip, and um, we had my my uh, founding partner and I, uh, Brendan DeBlois. Um, we we were on a surf trip. Where, to Central where are you from, America. by the way? I'm from New York, okay. and um, and Brendan is from Rhode Island, and my other founding partner Bobby is from uh, New York as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we uh, Brendan and I uh, would go on an annual surf trip to Central America, and this was I think the the third or the fourth trip we went on that um, sparked the the brewery. But we had a, a background in craft beer, um, having worked at Cisco Brewers in Nantucket, Massachusetts. Um, during uh during school summer jobs and then a bit after we graduated and you know really really loved um the craft beer industry um him on sort of the the production side and me on the sales and distribution side and um so we had this background going into this trip and um we started the trip in costa rica and um this yeah this was 2012 um and at the time there were probably 20, 20 craft breweries in Costa Rica. And when we saw those there, you know, the, the wheels really started turning while wow, this could be, this could be really interesting um, building a craft brewery in a market that is really catering to uh, f- a lot of foreigners who are accustomed to a lot of craft beer options, uh, especially Americans and Canadians and some Europeans Um and, uh, you know, we're talking about a market where you don't have the level of competition, you know, anywhere close to the U.S. Where, you know, today there's what around 10,000 craft breweries in the U.S. And mm-hmm. back then there were probably, you know, four or five, five thousand. Um, so, you know, it was growing. The, the, the saturation of the U.S. market was definitely growing. And we thought, you know, let's let's bring it to let's bring it somewhere where you have a lot of that those same market characteristics, but you don't have the competition. So, um, so that happened and, and we, and then we rented a car and we drove North to Nicaragua, which is the, the Northern neighbor of Costa Rica. And, um, uh, we got to a country that was really, um, I think in the, in the second inning of the tourism development, um, curve, whereas Costa Rica was probably in what we believed was like the ninth inning. Mm -hmm. So, and and there were no craft breweries there. Um, so we thought, you know, why be the 21st when we could be the first and, you know, everyone had said for a long time that 
Nicaragua was was the next Costa Rica and it was 10 years behind the development and all that. And we thought if any of this is true, then, you know, this is going to be a great market for us and, and a great opportunity to be a, the first mover. As you said, I mean, you're you're in an area with with a lot of tourists and, and visitors and tourism's just booming right now there anyway. So, But how did how did yeah. the I guess the, the residents kind of accept you all at first? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it definitely took a little bit to find um, a proper location. Um, and that that afforded us the opportunity to get to know the town and the people um, pretty well before we got into business. And then, of course, building the brewery took time as well. So we had we had a good um, almost a year and a half from the time we moved there, committed to the project until we opened the doors. Uh, which which really gave us the opportunity to forge relationships with the community, um, you know, local uh, local politicians, um, other business owners, um, it really, really everybody. And I think it was, you know, at the time it felt like it was a pain and that we wish it was moving faster. But in retrospect, I think that that uh, period was really important for for all of that. And um you know, eventually we were we were truly accepted by the local community. We we do a lot to try to support it, um, not just in terms of job creation, but in terms of uh, you know fundraising events and and just participation um, as much as we can in areas where we think we can create a positive impact. And um, and all of that stuff definitely you know contributed to the to the warm welcome that we got there. Not to mention that. I mean, the, the people of Nicaragua are extremely friendly and open, uh, wonderful people. And, um, you know, we just we're really um, it, it, we're really happy that, that we get to participate in, in that community. Was there ever a question about sourcing ingredients and thinking that might be difficult to do or was it pretty easy? Um, it definitely uh, there's an added layer of um, complication doing it, uh, brewing beer down there compared to the U.S. where you could pretty much order whatever you want on demand um, and know that it's going to show up in some reasonable amount of time. Um, in Nicaragua, we have to source our ingredients from, you know, a lot of the same places that you'd be buying them in the U S but you don't have distributors. So mm -hmm. for example, when we want to, when we want to bring grain um, to, to Nicaragua, we import uh, 40 foot containers direct from wiremen in Germany and, you know, I don't think there are many breweries of our of our size that are, you know, having to do that kind of thing. Um, and then the, you know, the hops we're, we're buying from the U.S. and uh, on the spot market and, um, you know, importing those in a similar fashion. Obviously, smaller quantities in terms of volume, but uh, but, you know, the same process. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the beers here in, in a second, but I guess. Yeah. Can I just describe the tap room in the neighborhood that you're in? Yeah, so we're right in the heart of San Juan del Sur, which is, um, like I said earlier, the kind of the busiest tourist beach town in Nicaragua. And it's a great um, it's a great mix of all different kinds of people. Um, you know, there's a huge um, international community there from, you know, every, people from everywhere, from uh, Australia and New Zealand to Europe to the U.S. and Canada um, and, and then the local population is very strong as well. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a fishing village at its core. Um, and so a lot of the, you know, the, the town is sort of developed around the bay that it sits on and the fishing culture. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty cool dynamic little place and, and it's just beautiful. So let, let's talk about the beers then. What was the, uh, what would y'all start off with? Is that still the case where those like the flagships still around now? 
Yeah, yeah. So actually, our first um, couple of recipes, Brendan, uh, my founding partner, developed with the, the guys over at Cisco Brewers, who were sort of a, a mentor brewery to us. And we wanted to brew beers that were going to be appropriate for the climate down there. Um, so being, you know, relatively drinkable um, and using some local ingredients where possible. So the the uh, the first two beers that they they designed um, were our passion fruit pale ale and a session IPA. Um, and you know, the, the thing that you need to consider when, when looking at, you know, what, why, why these beers or why any beers that, you know, in terms of our, our, our early decisions is that in Central America, you know, or in Nicaragua in particular, there's, there's like one national lager that everybody drinks and there's literally nothing else. So mm-hmm. we, you know, while I think, you know, hoppy drinkable hoppy pilsners and all that would be great down there that's it's it's too similar to what what everyone is drinking all the time in terms of um yeah in terms of wanting to stand out and give people a reason to you know pay a little bit more for a for a handcrafted beer so we wanted to do mostly ales um and and drinkable ones that use local ingredients so admittedly the uh the only reason why i know that you all exist is um (laughs) is a beer called panga drops Um, yeah Eight ounce, yeah. eight ounce can, stubby can. Um, I was going to the Louisville beer store the other day here in, in Kentucky specifically to pick up six pack because you know I saw that they were they were they were now I was like okay well that's that looks cool packaging let's try the beer out and I saw all my friends and uh, sales rep friends and distributor friends they were all pretty excited about it um, so I go there. And lo and behold, like you're there too, hanging out. Uh, didn't didn't get a chance to meet, but I thought that was a funny coincidence. Um, but let, let's talk about Panga Drops now. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, first of all, I'm sorry I missed you at the at the Louisville Beer Store. I I had a great time at that event. We did a little uh, tasting, and um, I, I did a quick two or three day trip to uh, two and a half day trip to Kentucky. Uh, for the market launch and um yeah ha- had a great time and by uh, the way this yeah. is uh this this is me opening up a can of panga drops right now. <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad thank you um so yeah panga drops it's um first of all it's named after a world famous surf spot uh that's really close to um our brewery uh we you know as you know the the brewery was sort of um uh, inspired by a surf trip. So we try to stay true to our roots in that regard. And, um, and, you know, our, a lot of our branding is pretty, um, surf centric, um, and, you know, beach lifestyle centric. Um, so that's the name. Um, it's a, it's a Keller Pilsner, unfiltered Pilsner, 6.2% ABV that I think as, as you're drinking it, you're probably perceiving that it's, uh, it's really drinkable mm-hmm. um, considering that 6.2% gravity. Um, and that I think is important um, because it is, this beer was born in, uh, born in warm weather. And we want, like I said, always want to brew uh, drinkable beers where, you know, as much as we can. Um, and, and, and that kind of brings up this unique package format, which is the eight ounce squat can. And there were, there were two, um, two motivating factors for that one is that in the central american heat your last four ounces of beer you know pretty typically get warm even if you're drinking relatively fast so we decided to uh, move them to the next can and keep them cold for you 
at our at our brew pub where we serve uh you know mostly draft beer we are our you know more popular format is the is the 10 ounce pour um for the same reason so we kind of um work that into the packaging for the export product as well um and then the the other uh the other motivating factor behind the eight ounce squat can was that it's you know obviously an extremely saturated market in the u.s and um, we we wanted to to brew and package something that was going to stand out uh, through all the noise as much as possible and uh that you know there aren't many aren't many um little squat cans like that being produced by craft breweries so um we thought it was a pretty cool pretty cool niche that we could fill um not to mention the the package is really um packable you know you can you can put it in a um in a cooler bring it on a boat throw it in your golf bag whatever it is and you know take it with you to do all of these um all these activities and you know our brewery was basically founded on the on the desire to um, seek adventure and to you know live a a fulfilling life so we wanted to create a a package that um, inspired people to do the same thing i pour a lot on the go like okay i'll do a quick taster here quick taster there and like doing 16 ounces at one time anymore it's hard for me to do um, yeah, and yeah. it's nice to be able to be like, okay, well, I want something, but I just don't want too much out of it. So the eight ounces there is it's great. W- would you be doing, you know, if if you were to can more um, uh, other products in the future, do you think you'd stick with that eight ounce format? Yeah, I think so. You know, we've um, we've really uh, been pleased with the reception of it so far, um, and I, I don't see why we would change it. I think. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely going to be introducing some draft to the U S market, um, at some point in the relatively near future. Um, but in terms of the packaged beer, um, yeah, I think we're, we're pretty much all in on the, uh, the squat cans right now. Nice. So let's talk about, uh, distribution and, and, and whatnot. Where, where are you located in the United States? Yeah. So we're, um, we're in 12 States now. Um, we launched our U S distribution project about, 18 months ago, um, just self-distributing into two markets, uh, New York and California. And basically, you know, we, as an imported brand, um, first of all, we wanted to make sure that we found the right, um, import partner for, for, you know, in, in the longer term. And, and two, we wanted to make sure that our product was being represented in the way that we, you know, wanted it to be. So for those, those two reasons, we, we started with just the self basically self-import and self-distribution. We use the company called MHW, which is sort of like a, a logistics handler for importing and um, distributing in certain markets. And that basically enabled us to um, hire our own sales reps and um, have them launch uh, launch our, our export product in those two select markets. Since then, you know, or I guess, um, you know, the, the, the goal and the, the thought there was that we would we would start that way on a smaller scale and we could, um, you know, get the product out there and, and make sure again, that it was being, it was being marketed in the right way. And then, and then use, use that, you know, little bit of, um, experience and, um, publicity to, to then find the right partners and uh, expand our footprint. So we made a deal with artisanal imports, um, which is a, a full service dis- uh, importer and master distributor. And, they are basically our point of contact for all of these new markets and distributors in the U.S. So now we're in, we're in 12 states. We just launched um, basically nine nine states in the last 
three weeks. So we, we really just scaled up and that explained, um, explains my, my trip to Kentucky because we're kind of doing this launch tour right now. So the, the states we're covering now are New York, Rhode Island, Kentucky, Ohio, Florida, Kansas, Arizona, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, New Jersey, and um, Oregon. Rarely do I get to speak with somebody that's importing into the U.S. So what what difficulties or challenges were there with that with those decisions? Um, yeah, well, I mean, to begin with, when you're when you're importing, um, you're dealing with an extra layer of, of margin that the the importer um, you know has to has to make to make this possible. So I think across the board, it puts a little bit more pressure on pricing. Um, for for everybody involved, from the brewery to the importer to the the distributor and the the retailer, um, so that's the first thing is just making sure that um, that's going to make sense for everybody, and it's certainly a big part of the um, the decision process in terms of who are your partners going to be, where do they you know where do they see their margin uh, needing to be to make it worthwhile, and based on you know what they might expect of, in terms of volume. Um, so that's one. And then two is just yeah, making sure I think the same thing with with any domestic brewery um, or any national brewery here in the U.S. that, you know, you, you want to have partners that are going to help you um, market and sell your product in the way that you, you think that it it will do best. And that's a collaborative process, um, as I'm sure you've had a lot of guys on here talking about. Um, you, you, you know, you, you, we come as a brewery, we come up with our programming and how we want to, um, support the sale of the product. And we need to make sure that our partners can help us execute it. Um, and, uh, and we'll be on the same page when it comes to all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's not so different from being a, a U.S. craft brewery, but it, that the main difference is the, um, is that added extra, you know, that, that added layer of, uh, of margin and operations through the import company. Sure. Um, so it's been like six, six years since you all have opened up. Uh, how has the beer scene changed in that time? Um, in the U S or in, in Nicaragua? Sorry, in, in Nicaragua. Um, yeah. So we were, like I said, the first craft brewery in Nicaragua. Now there's about, now there's seven. If you count, um, a couple of the really small ones. Um, but, and by the way, for I mean, for people just don't know, I mean, I, I've I've always heard that Nicaragua is about the size of New York State. Is that a, pretty accurate? Um, yeah. Well, in terms of population, it's pretty close. In terms of landmass, I'm not sure exactly. Sure. Um, but yeah, there's I think like seven million. Um, is the population of Nicaragua? So, um, yeah, we're not so far off. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm actually from New York City, so um, and I'm I'm in New York City right now. Um, it's a lot more people in a. It feels what? like a small, much smaller space, but what borough. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, in terms of population, not so different. Um, I, you know, when we when we opened, a lot of what we were trying to do, other than service the tourist market, was to uh, begin to open people's minds to the fact that there, you know, there are other beers out there. Um, I, people's minds, I mean, Nicaraguan people who maybe weren't exposed to, um, craft beer before. Yeah. What, what's, so, what is it like Victoria probably, or that's right. Yeah. Victoria, uh, Classica it's called. And, uh, Antonia are the two main national beers that are both brewed by the same, uh, same brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, they're your typical, um, uh, Mexican style lager, uh, light, light, 
kind of um, continental lager. Um, so yeah, a lot of it was about reaching reaching people and educating them that you know there are different flavors that that you can put into beer and um, and a whole culture that goes around with drinking that beer. Um, and uh, so you know we did things like organizing the first ever. Um, craft beer festival in Nicaragua. We we closed down the street in front of our brewery and invited all the other all the other craft brewers to come and and set up a, a festival, which was awesome. Um, and you know, I think in the with thanks in part to to initiatives like that um, over the last five or six years, we've definitely seen um, just a, the growth in the overall craft beer culture. Obviously, the other brewers have contributed a lot to that as well. Um, but it's been really cool. It's been really cool to see, you know, the number, the 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 relative number of um, Nicaraguan consumers coming into our brew pub increasing. Um, and you know, there's there's the folks who live in Managua who are a little more um, internationally experienced and affluent. And a lot of these people went to school in the U.S., so um, you know, they've been exposed, they had already been exposed to craft beer. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of a part of our customer base, but then, you know, more locally, you've got people that have never left, left San Juan del Sur in their lives. And they're, and to see them drinking craft beer is a, is a really cool, um, is a really cool thing. What is, uh, what, what's the culinary scene like down there? And, and, and does that influence beers produced just generally, not just for you all, but the, the guys around you too? Um, yeah, the culinary scene, it's, um, uh, it's pretty basic, frankly, you know, that it's really healthy. Um, when, whenever I come back to the U S now, my stomach definitely gets a little bit upset, uh, <laughs> just from everything that gets, you know, uh, all, all the extra stuff in our food here. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, rice and beans and fish and, uh, fresh vegetables, um, a, a, you know, chicken, um, beef, all, all the kind of regular Latin, Latin foods, um, Latin American foods. Um, you know, and in terms of how that influences our beers, I don't think that the, the, let's say the culinary scene specifically influences our beers. Um, because like I said, it is pretty simple, mm -hmm. but what does influence our beers, um, is the, uh, just the accessibility to, um, uh, to fruits and, um, you know, just a ton of wonderful ingredients that are naturally occurring in Nicaragua that might not, might be a little harder to get to in the U S for example, we have a mango tree in our beer garden oh, nice. and some, and some of those mangoes do make it into our mango blonde, blonde ale. Um, and then like our, we have a, a, a stout that where we use local um, cacao and um, coffee beans and uh, and actually some of the national rum as well so we we definitely look to incorporate these um these kind of interesting ingredients where we can um and we you know usually those those become our most popular beers because um, people can sort of relate to them in in a number of different ways so let's say i have 24 hours in san juan del sur and after, after of course, visiting you all at the cerveceria and, and drinking your beers, what else, what else am I doing that day? Yeah. Um, well, you've got to go surfing for sure. <laughs> uh, so there's, you know, there's a number of, uh, of shuttles and, you know, um, little, little surf camps in town that'll take you out to the beach and, and give you a lesson with the board rental and all. 
Uh, and that that's that's that needs to happen. Then I would say there's there's this cool adventure park um, as it's as it's named um, right on the outside of town. And you can do this hike up to the top of it. And there's a canopy tour up there, which is like the, the whole zip lining thing that you may have seen in these types of countries before. Mm-hmm. But but from this ridge line, you, the view is just incredible. On the one side, you see the Pacific Ocean and the Bay of San Juan del Sur. And on the other side, you see Lake Nicaragua and the volcanic islands that sit in the middle of it called Ometepe. So it's it's like a 360 degree view of um, the ocean, a giant lake, a wind farm that's down there and volcanoes. It, it kind of feels like you're in Jurassic Park. Um, so that, I would say, yeah, go for the surf, then um, get, you know, get a little hike going and then um, and then wash it all down with some beers at, at the cerveceria. That sounds awesome. What um what what breweries do you all look up to there? Anybody that you not necessarily try to emulate, but just inspire you? Yeah. Um, good question. Um, I think, you know, looking kind of regionally, there's a few um, to, to our south that that have been um, really good examples for us. One on sort of on the bigger side, and there's they're a little bit more corporate now, uh, but they started out, you know, just like us is a company called Bogota Beer Company um, in, in Colombia, and they've done extremely well there. They have a really cool model where they have one uh, production facility and then uh, over 20 little retail hubs around the country. And these are, you know, most of these Latin American countries, you're you're allowed to drink on the street. So a lot of their little retail hubs are just like um, little little windows, like little carry out stops where you where you walk up to the bar and you grab a beer and, and, you, and you and you walk away with it. And it's a you know, it's a really cool, innovative model, I think, to capture that retail margin and, and you know, be able to um, directly uh, communicate with the end customer um and, and at the same time get a pretty good pretty good coverage without a whole whole lot of overhead so that's one and then um another one is a, a brewery out of panama called casa bruja um they um they just make really good beer and they've they've grown really organically um over the past five five or six years um and are self-distributing and in working with other uh distribution partners mostly in panama i think their beer does pop up a little bit in Costa Rica as well, but um, they just, uh, you know, their quality is really good. The guys behind it are are really solid, and it's um, it's a, it's a great company overall. Anything that you'd like people to know about? Any future plans that you're really excited about? Things that are just coming around the corner? Um, yeah, uh, a couple of things, I guess. Were well, first and foremost, I would I would certainly invite anybody to uh, come down to Nicaragua and check out our brew pub. It's a it's a really, really amazing place. I, I was, I was already looking up flight tickets, honestly. Well, let prices. me know. Seriously, would, <laughs> would love to have you and, um, and and show you show you a fun itinerary. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a place that sucked us in and a lot of other people just because of how how frankly how awesome it is. And um, so so yeah, the open invite to anybody and certainly hit us up on Facebook or, or Instagram and we'd love to help you uh, figure out a a good trip. And then, yeah, in terms of future plans, um, we're actually opening a a new production facility in Costa Rica right now, right, right across the border from Nicaragua. Um, and that's, that's been a really, uh, really exciting thing for us door to door 
brewery to brewery, including the um, the border crossing, it's going to be about two and a half hours the trip. So it's it's pretty reasonable, both from our um, you know in terms of our operations and and some of our um, higher level um, officers, you know, getting touching both businesses. But you know, from a, a, a customer standpoint too, or a visitor standpoint, um, you know, it's not inconceivable at all that you could come and spend a few days in San Juan del Sur then cross the border and in, in, in a few days in Costa Rica, get to see how the countries differ, you know, a little bit and, you know, everything that's, um, and everything that's great about each of them. And of course, try our, our um, unique beers in each spot. Awesome. Matt, thank you so much for your time today. I, I, I appreciate, uh, being able to learn a little bit more about your brewery now that I've been drinking the beer. It's nice to know the backstory behind it. Yeah. Th- thanks again for the time. I, I enjoyed the chat as well and uh, look forward to seeing you down in Central America.